Welcome to the Live Well, Perform Better podcast. My name is David Duggan and I'm the director of Below the Line, an Irish-based consultancy specialising in helping people, teams and organisations raise their levels of consciousness, inner potential and performance. I am part of a team made up of experts from the worlds of business, elite sport, adventure and health and well-being. We are coaches, mentors and advisors to some of the world's biggest companies and organisations, as well as smaller businesses, entrepreneurs and people looking to make their mark in the world. Our guiding mantra at Below the Line is live well, perform better. What does that mean, you might ask? Good question. Maybe the easiest way to describe it from our perspective is finding the formula that works for you when it comes to things like looking after your physical and mental health, running your business, developing your career, leading your people, or simply being able to show up as brilliantly as possible into your own life, both for yourself and those around you. That's why each week I sit down with a member of our team or an invited guest for a conversation that focuses on the question, what do the words live well, perform better mean to you? This question is a way into exploring with people from a range of different backgrounds, industries and disciplines. What are the practices, techniques, habits or ideas that they use to help them to show up and be at their best in all areas of their lives? Whether that's as CEOs, leaders or managers, or as parents, family members or friends. We keep it short and sweet so that you can extract all the good stuff and get on with the rest of your day and hopefully put some of our knowledge, experience and expertise into play for yourself. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by another very special guest, Cloda Hughes. Cloda is a coach who brings a combination of hard-won personal and professional experience, along with cutting-edge brain and neuroscience to her work supporting leaders in all manner of sectors and industries. Passionate about and definitive in her belief that leadership is the key to organisational success and performance, Cloda gave me a fascinating insight into what has led her to doing the work she does, including setting up a business as a young working mother, dealing with and experiencing change, and why the COVID-19 pandemic has utterly transformed how we work and why leaders and businesses need to understand and accept this if they are to support themselves and their people right now and into the future. You can subscribe at www.belowtheline.ie where you can stay up to date with our podcast as well as our exclusive online events and sessions including our Press Pause coaching community. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Before we start this week's episode, I'd like to take a minute to let you know about an event we are hosting on the 13th and 14th of October in the beautiful Brook Lodge Hotel and Spa in McCredden Village in County Wicklow. The Elemental Leadership Experience will be our first in-person event in over two years and we're really excited to be finally getting back into a room with people and hosting what will be a uniquely inspiring and exciting event. As we all know, the past few years have been a mixed experience for us all. For some, it has been about stress management, coping and survival, both personally and professionally, while for others, it has been a time for recovery, reflection and self-care. Either way, we all know and can see that yet again our world is changing and with it so must our mindset, our attitude and our energy which is why we're offering you the opportunity to recharge your leadership, rediscover your performance edge and re-inspire yourself to successfully meet the moment and challenge of right now. At the Elemental Leadership Experience you will be a participant in two days of inspiring sessions, workshops and talks facilitated by the Below the Line team of expert business and performance coaches all while enjoying wonderful accommodation and hospitality in a beautiful part of the world with a group of like-minded, success-orientated people. 
Places are limited, so if this sounds like something you want to be a part of, head over to www.belowtheline.ie for full details on how you can reserve your place. Thanks for listening, and now, on with the show. I'll just kick in with the first question then. Um, so tell me, Clodagh, why do you do what you do? It's a good, good question, isn't it? A very good question to ask everyone, and it really made me think about why I do what I do, because I think knowing why you do what you do is really, really important. Um, I suppose, you know, the picture that came to my mind when I reflect on this question was of a little girl at seven and she was being pulled out of swimming pool um, nearly puking with exhaustion because she had arrived at a race um, that was um, meant for seven-year-olds, but the, the, the race for 12-year-olds had um, didn't have a member of their team. So the coach just said to my mother, will you, will you throw her in there and at least we'll have a, a person there? And um, I threw myself in and won the race. Um, but I was, you know, exhausted. But I still have that memory of this little girl who actually, despite all the odds, achieved um, and, 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 and that's my philosophy in life. I actually believe that we all have so much within us um, that is just waiting to be unleashed. Um, and that's why I do what I do. So I, I, I am passionate about people. I'm passionate about performance. My logo, I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, but it's, 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 a, it's the four Ps in a, in a circle and it's people, purpose, passion, and performance. Um, and, I get up every morning because it gives me such delight working with people and organizations, helping them to really achieve their full potential. And when you're able in some small way to assist in unlocking that potential, which is abundant in all of us, it gives me great pleasure. And just tell me a little bit more about about Motivate, because obviously there was a a journey that led you to jumping off and and, and setting this up all those years ago. But can you just tell me a little bit more about about maybe what led you to that point and also what what happens in terms of what you do? So so I would have spent, um, uh, again, about 20 years in in, in the corporate world. I worked largely in financial services, so um, I would have been, you know, as my my skill is kind of in marketing and strategy, um, and you know, recognised in a lot of the roles I was I was I was leading and holding up when we were trying to bring about change in organisations, and I was always struck by the fact that we would bring in these these big consultancies that we paid fortunes for <clears throat> to help us with what we needed to change, but they never really, and I'm sure they've improved a huge amount since, but they never really focus on the how of change. And I was always struck by the fact that we ended up with these lovely documents that to a large extent gathered dust and shelf and nothing much materially changed. We, we kind of got semblances of change. And, and I, I recognize that if, if you actually worked with people around change, that was the the golden nugget you know most people don't like change and they don't like change because something at risk in it for them um, and if you work at that level and try and bring people with you and understand what their challenges are around the change and work with them around the change then great things can happen um, so that was fascinating for me in my career and I kind of got tired of just doing the what 
So I decided to understand more about people and change and what motivated people and what stopped people and what made people resist. So when I had my last baby um, on maternity leader, I did my first course in executive coaching to get, and I, and I was just hooked. And very shortly after having Sean, um, I decided to set up my own company around people and change and performance and uh, I haven't looked back since so so what I do I work with um organizations around change very I'm fascinated by organizations and change and I and I, I think there's a big shift happening in the moment around all of that which I'd love to talk about in a little um so I, I work with organizations I work with leadership teams because I think leaders cast a very long shadow in organizations I don't think Many of them recognize the shadow that they cast. Um, and I think if you if you can get leaders really leading, again, great things can happen. And then I work at an individual level as well um, and a team level. Uh, and one of my passions in life, my I've set up a second company called Woman Up. I'm I'm passionate about females having more of a voice at senior leadership tables not because it's right to do, but because it makes business sense to do. So I also work um, very specifically with women at the level just before leadership, when they're spinning a whole heap of plates around managing families, trying to get up the career ladder. And at a point where many of them say, this is all too much, but they become the best version of men they can be in order to get there. And <clears throat> so that's, that's the area, I'm, an area that I, I do quite a bit of work in and I'm very passionate about. Just picking up what you said, you had your last baby and then you decided to set up a business. Um, what was that like and how did you propel yourself or keep yourself going through all that process? Because I can only imagine <laughs> how difficult and challenging that must have been. It was really tough, but not because I had a baby. <laughs> it was tough because um, I knew I wanted to work in a different way, but and I knew I wanted to work at something different, but I also loved my job and I loved the, the, the ebb and flow of corporate life. And I loved the fun. I loved the crack and I loved the giggles at the, the water machines. And I loved the fact that if my printer broke, I could ring somebody and someone would run up. And I missed all of that. I missed that, uh, I guess, what would I say? support structure and that and that kind of in all sorts of ways that comes with with being with a group of people so setting up on your own is very lonely <laughs> and you know and you you have to kind of bang on doors and you have to believe in what you're selling or offering and that could be challenging when you're starting a, your career because or your, your business because you're kind of working it out yourself you know so I found it really difficult. And I always say to people, I became an overnight success after about 16 years. <laughs> and it really did take that long. And um, yeah, so tough, exhilarating, absolutely 100% thrilled I did it. But, you know, um, yeah, would I do it all over again? Yes, but I think, yeah, it, was, it wasn't easy. And linking back to what you were saying about change, because this is something, it's a common theme I find with people who are working in this space of coaching. Change is, it can be an, it's an intellectual thing, but it's an, it's an emotional thing. So I think it's really important people in your space or our space talk about, well, if you want to talk about change, I can tell you about change. I think that's really important. Do you, what's your take on that? Oh, I, I just could not agree with you any more. I always say the biggest journey 
for us as individuals is to go from the head to the heart, you know, that intellectualizing piece to the actual feeling piece. And I, I, that's why I love your tagline, which is, is live well, perform better. And I, and, I, and as I, you know, your definition of live well, show up in life as you, you know, to be your best possible self. You cannot do that unless you've gone through the rigmaroles of change and challenge and difficulty. And you, you can't be a coach, in my view, unless you're, you have personally experienced the stuff that you're trying to support your clients with. And I know that I am so much better at what I do for having gone through difficult challenges myself and had to step into them and feel the pain of them and deal with them and, and found my best self within them, actually. Um, so yes, I think I, you couldn't, you know, you, you, you have to live it to help with it in my view. Um, and, that, and, 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 and you just get a totally different kind of, interaction you're 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 of service in so many different ways if you're really you're really have lived through the stuff and the change rather than just as you say intellectualize it and there are coaches who do a very good job in a different space around helping clients who may not you know have gone through the same life experiences so that's not to in any way say everyone has to go through stuff i think certainly for me i am 10,000 times better in my place having gone through the stuff my clients have gone through. And, and, and the same um, applies absolutely with, with woman up, um, you know, you've been there, so you can absolutely speak from just that lived experience, which is so powerful as well, isn't it? I remember, you know, sitting in my kitchen, having decided to give up the corporate career because I wanted something new, but also because I felt it fitted better with my whole life. And three kids looking up at me and I'm, you know, not being the best mother, frankly, just going, you know, what have I done here? So, you know, I'm, I, I feel that really, you know, in life, it's about really working out what's right for you. And for some, it's to stay in that world of craziness um, and because they thrive in it, is it not? So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, always, life is always interesting. I, I know, I, obviously, I've gotten to know you during um covid so and i've seen you bounce onto um calls uh, talking about golf or, or tennis but I'm, I, i'd love to know what practices habits behaviors do you engage in that just help you with the with this idea of living well to perform better well let me stay let me start by saying i think it's a fab tagline but by god it's a hard one to live i really do believe that um, and my, my own part, so, and, and as you described, showing up life as close to your best self as possible, we're actually not wired to do that. You know, we're wired to, um, to really see life as more of a, a threat, <laughs> and to be, you know, to be fighting and struggling with life because, you know, I, I, I do a lot of work. I'm fascinated by the brain and how that influences performance. And our emotional brain, for all the good things it does for us, it also makes us, you know, manage life in many ways as if it's a threat. So I find in my world to live and show up as your best self, you're constantly trying to manage that emotional brain um, 
uh, not to to be seen life as as a threat or as every opportunity as a, as a, as a risk and all those good things. So let me start by saying I think this stuff is hard. So you have to work really hard at it. How do I do it? Um, what practice do I use? I religiously walk every morning. I go up the hill with my two dogs, and and you know I know the mornings I don't do that. I don't feel I set myself up for the day. It's kind of like a reset, just, okay, what's what's ahead of me? To step into nature, to recognize that things are bigger than us. You know, when you look over Kleine Hill and you see that sun coming up, you know, we're really only so insignificant in this in this, this bigger world. And really that gives you lots of perspective on, on the day ahead. I try to meditate, David, but I always struggle with it. <laughs> And by God, I've tried. So I, 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 I dip in and out of that. But I guess my meditation is, is walking, you know, and, and stuff. I read incessantly. So if you look into my office here, I have about a thousand million books. I've probably read about, I don't know how many of them. Um, but I think it's really important to keep yourself primed around just, you know, uh, delving into this stuff and, and understanding what different people think about how you show up as your best self. And probably the best thing I do actually is I religiously and have done for the last 15 years, take eight weeks off in the summer. I purposefully do not work in the summer. Um, and I do that because I think our brains need to rest. And I think the work we do is tough and it's challenging and it can be exhausting. Um, and I, I, I really gift myself two months of downtime. Um, I try to do nothing, actually. Um, and that can be hard as well, because I'm, I'm a bit of a dynamic, you know, I like being work, you know, I don't like busyness, but it likes me sometimes. And um, so just, just really forcing myself to calm the brain to just do different things, I find is great. I always remember every time I came back off maternity leave, I always felt I brought my best ideas to work. Um, and I think it's the same with this. I find come September, I'm I'm ready to ready to go and ready to act and ready to do my my good stuff. So I think that's really important to give yourself downtime to reset your brain and let it replenish. It's also something which you know, as a common theme in our, in our conversations is this idea of permission. It sounds like you're giving, you've given yourself serious permission to take that time off. And again, nothing, nothing, none of this has been easy. Uh, you know, the first few years I did it, I'd be like, like, <laughs> um, but, but now I couldn't, if you asked me to work in the summertime, I couldn't, I just love it so much. And I'm very, I'm very grateful to have, you know, a grateful that I can do that, you know, because I am very conscious that, you know, not, not everyone can. So I don't want to sound, you know, arrogant here, or, you know, but, but I think it is in whatever guise you work, I think it's just so important that you take time out to replenish yourself. And then my next question around, which you, you, you touched on earlier, which you wanted to talk about organizations going through change, but from your perspective, what are the main performance or business challenges that you're seeing um, in your own world right now being being faced by people? I think COVID has had a, a huge impact on the way we work. So what I'm seeing is lots of leaders trying to get their people back in to the way it was <laughs> and really struggling with this concept of flexible working um, and just saying, 
I need everyone in here around me five days a week and whatever. And I see individuals really fighting to hold on to the new way of working and the flexibility they've enjoyed over COVID. So it's almost like there's this clash of, you know, intent and, and, and will. Um, and, and I think if I reflect, I, I do a lot of work with a guy called Paul Brown, and he's a professor of, of organizational neuroscience, and he's a fascinating character. So this is not just my thinking, it's also, also informed by him, but he thinks that COVID has given everyone, and it's back to your um, tagline of living well, COVID has given everyone an opportunity to experience. And again, I know some people found COVID very challenging. So again, generalizations apart, but some, lots of individuals I think found um, COVID gave them the opportunity to live well you know, to have that balance between working and living, you know, less commuter times, the opportunity to work how they wanted to work. It gave them the opportunity to be their best selves while also being productive workers. And I think that, um, you know, organizations going forward have to find the way of allowing people to bring their best selves to work. And I do not believe organizations in the past did that. So, you know, organizations, people now want to say, I'll go back into organizations, but only if it's worth it for me. And in the past, organizations made it worth it by big salaries or it was money uh, or, or the organizational structure was very hierarchical and, you know, incessant working and I think people are questioning all of that now so I think the organizations of the future are going to you know are going to happen to step into that question when people say am I willing to give up myself to this organization and what does that look like for people um I think that's going to be hugely challenging for organizations to deliver on as well as deliver on the bottom line because that's very important you know that's what that's what organizations have to do so I think it's going to be a very tricky time and I think those that navigate it are going to have amazing success because you're going to get people who live well and perform well but those that don't are really going to you know I was at a meeting um just before I broke up for my summer break and uh, you know with three leaders and they were just not shifting around this flexible working. They just couldn't get their heads around it. And they are, they are going to struggle if they want to grow and sustain their organizations going into the future. I think it's fascinating time. And I think it will take a number of years to pan out. But yeah, it's going to be very interesting space. Just picking up on what you said about those leaders, um, being rigid around what they want, et cetera, for, for, you know, I want to return to the office. How does somebody like you help somebody to see uh, or to kind of, um, you know, release their attachment to that particular need? With great difficulty. I'm a great believer that change, there has to be, you know, it either comes from a pure desire to change or a crisis that makes people change. And I think, 
and I think it's difficult for these, you know, much easier to lead in a hierarchical way in some respects. It's much easier to have people around you, to, you know, because you know what they're doing. And if you've cut your leadership teeth on those practices, not easy to give it up. Um, so I think it's going to be difficult, you know. Um, so I think unless organizations start really seeing that if they don't change what they're going after, which is successful organizations is in trouble. Um, and that'll take time, David, you know, you won't see that for a while. You know, it's like, you know, the boiled frog syndrome, you know. So, so I think it's going to be very challenging to work with leaders in that space, unless there is a desire for them to be open to that change. But by the way, can I say, I fundamentally believe that when people work in organizations, bring them best selves, by God, productivity is extraordinary. You know, and, and, and the essence of the organization, the energy of the organization, the way of being in the organization is just magic. And when that happens, my goodness, nothing is impossible. Existing organizations take that away from people, you know, and, and I think, by the way, another controversial point, I think HR, the profession of HR has a fundamental shift to make around this space. Fundamental. I think HR in its traditional form depletes people's energy as opposed to embraces the energy people can give. And I think there's a fundamental shift need to be changed in how, how the HR profession works in organizations. You probably never get another gig from a HR person, but there you go. Well, you're speaking your truth, which is which is uh, the most important thing. And just picking up on what you said there, um, uh, you know, when you've seen organizations where people are happy and productive and they're living well, is there, I'm, I'm sure there's no silver bullet, but is there a couple of ingredients that you see organizations have got kind of right or in the mix? I know the ones that pretend to have it. Um, so I don't think it's about giving loads of lovely food and having snooker tables in reception and bouncing balls all over the place. You know, I think there's a danger that that's not been authentic about this stuff. I think it comes down, I really think it comes down to leadership. So leaders who are genuinely interested in what fuels the people that they are leading and the ability to step into each individual's, um, what they bring, what they want to bring and, and allowing that to, allowing that to be released and that's so fundamentally i think it's about leadership um and really really stepping into getting the best out of people and that 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 isn't easy you know that's a skill that it certainly isn't easy in our world where it's all about bottom line performance and short term you know reporting and so our i think our 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 whole system isn't helping this shift by the way right um, yeah so big changes afoot and that needs to happen in order for that to and I think that word authentic is really important that people know when an organization really works to get the best out of them in an authentic way 
when when they just put on the as i say balloons and reception stuff to do it absolutely and then my last question um what would be your one piece of advice for anyone looking to live well and perform better in your own from your own experience your own expect your own perspective as as you see it so i often say this to people and i know it's very direct but i fundamentally believe get out of your own way i think potential is not based on academic smarts not about professional skills it's it's back to that that brain of ours that says you know the emotional brain which is all around which has the amygdala that's all about protection it's 10 times more powerful than the piece of the brain that says go for it <laughs> um and you know stopping that brain and that voice in your head saying don't or be careful or hold back or you're not good enough or you know what will people think that's us getting in our own way and by the way I have to do this every day you know I'm not <laughs> the fool I have to work on this every second of every day with myself but I fundamentally believe that if you can get out of your way own way there's just there's so much there's so much uh, you can live live more better and then it, just for anyone listening where can people find you there's the motivate website and the woman up website i take it so i've just i've completely changed my website i'm no longer motivate believe it or not so it's close i've, I've rebranded so www.clodahughes.com so my, my, i've i've um, i've uh, i've i've apparently people only want to, well people want to work with me not the brand motivate and whether that's right or wrong <laughs> that's my new brand site so yeah that's it. get me Fantastic. Well, look, Cloda, thanks very much for giving me your time. And as I said, I, we haven't actually ever met in person, but we've only met in online. But your your energy, your passion, your enthusiasm for what you do, it always comes across on the screen. So thanks very much for, for giving me your time and for joining us. I appreciate it. And David, we have to make sure that we do meet in person at some stage. So we, we'll plan a coffee at some stage of the next while. Yeah. <laughs> pleasure. Thank you for listening. And thanks for asking lovely questions. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this week's conversation. We hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard and you want to stay in touch with us, then please head over to www.belowtheline.ie to subscribe to our mailing list and to explore our upcoming programmes and events, including our Elemental Leadership Experience coming up on the 13th and 14th of October. Until then, take care and see you next time.